Welcome back to I Love Basketball on the Silver Screen Roll Podcast Network. Thank you all for your patience during the holiday weeks. We hope you missed us and we're happy to be back with you. I am once again joined by Christian Rivas from Silver Screen Roll. Christian, what's up? Nothing much. Just uh, I, I haven't done any holiday shopping. I am usually one of those people that at the beginning of the month, because of Black Friday, I'll have everything done online. I don't like leaving the house during the holidays, especially around where I live. There's just a ton of shopping centers. Uh, but I made the mistake of not doing that this year. <laughs> I don't have gifts for anyone. Uh, Christmas, by the time we post this, is going to be 19 days away. So uh, not feeling great about <laughs> that. But otherwise, uh, a lot to be happy about with the Lakers. We have our Silver Screen Roll Secret Santa coming up too, right? We do, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know think when we've we're been assigned yet, that. have we? Yeah. yeah, no. All right. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, if I if I were to get you any suggestions <laughs> for gifts under $10 that I can get. I'm going to have to do some Amazon digging to let you know. <laughs> I like uh, I like fake rings. Okay. Well, yeah. that's easy. Yeah. I'm sure I... There's, you they can probably ask sell your like girlfriend a pack for of, help if you need. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, they probably sell a pack of like 50 of them on Amazon, but they're probably really cheap. You're probably talking more like the ones from Forever 21 or Michaels, yeah. those types of rings. Okay. I was looking actually at a couple on Amazon for a different Secret Santa that I'm involved in, and we're looking like the $7 range. So, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Something to consider. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Um. I mean, I feel like I should ask you the same question just to be polite, but maybe we should talk um, about basketball. Yeah, maybe we should talk about <laughs> basketball. I'm not too hard to shop for. Some Tic Tacs. I'm a big Tic Tacs guy. Okay. Not ever. When I got braces, I just stopped chewing gum, and mm. now I'm, I'm all about them Tic Tacs. I like the orange Tic Tacs. I, they leave a funny taste in my mm. mouth, so I don't eat them anymore. But, uh, yeah, there is basketball to talk okay. about. So. <laughs> yes, basketball. And the Lakers kind of good still against winning teams. Who knew? Yeah. Who could have guessed? Who could have guessed that a team that won 17 of its first 20 games wasn't <laughs> just a fraud? Although I did read after the Lakers won yesterday that Utah's bad. <laughs> so there's that. Apparently Denver's not good either. Yeah. For your consideration, Gosh. the Jazz and Nuggets are not good actually. So the Lakers are still playing on their soft schedule. Yeah, that, that mountain division. Is it called the mountain? No, it's the Northwest Division. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of pretenders. Bunch the of mountain pretenders. division. I like that better. Right? Change it, NBA, yeah. you cowards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I don't think there is a moment that is going to delight me as much during this young NBA season as Dwight Howard's corner three-pointer. Yeah, I I was watching on my iPad mm-hmm. because um, Frontier does not have Spectrum Sports then that anymore. That is correct, yes. So I have to watch Lakers games by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was watching it on my iPad, and I, this is a new item I just bought, and I swear I almost dropped it. <laughs> As a case on it, so it's fine. But I was, I was blown away. Well, what I was more blown away by is when I was when I was writing something earlier. This is his second three point attempt of the season. I don't remember the first. Oh, one. so the first one was actually the day before when we played Denver. Rondo got into the lane and kicked out to Dwight in the corner, <laughs> and there was like this barrage of stats showing up on Twitter about how yeah, of course Rondo made the right play. You know, assist hunting to a six percent career three point shooter. <laughs> well, he's fifty percent. Now 50% on the season. On the season. So ben Simmons. That. Yeah. <laughs> We're in the same league. 
One Lakers center, one Philly center, right? That's what I position thought it was. Plays? Yeah, in context, that makes sense because I, when I was writing today, I was like, why was Rondo looking for Howard in the corner in an out of bounds play? That was what's nuts to me. And then Dwight pump fake. I know, it's just a little when, jab step, yeah. right? <laughs> With Tony Bradley nowhere near him, by the way. If anything, it put Bradley in a better position to block the shot. Tony so. Bradley is very, very bad at basketball. Yeah. This is was, not just Carolina bias, I must say. <laughs> Tony Bradley, was, not good. I, I was high on him and Justin Patton mm-hmm. uh, going into the draft and Neither of them have have been particularly. I was terrified of the Lakers drafting Tony Bradley during the 2017 draft, (laughs) and there was like a brief moment when I thought they had because they traded down from 28 to 30 and 41, right? And that 28 was Tony Bradley. I was like, no, not a Carolina big. (laughs) And now uh, none of them are with the team. Right. None of the players from that except Kuz, but yeah. Lovely, lovely Kyle Kuzma. They're all gone. Yes. Kuz, ah man, I hope. He plays well because Anthony Irwin and I in, in our Silver Student and Roll Slack go back and forth constantly about whether or not Kyle Kuzma is good. And my side of the argument is, yes, he is good, <laughs> uh, but that, that side hasn't looked very strong. I think he's late. good. I just think he's battling a number of injuries. You know, uh, he had the the foot injury that kept him out to start the season, and then he got smacked in the eye, and yeah, that was gross. And now he's got the recent ankle thing, so. And he's feeling under the weather, according to Vogel. Right, so. right. The uh, pneumonia that has hit the Lakers' locker room, right? A lot of things. A lot so. of things. I, I still think, you know, we're, uh, we're Team Coos is good. I think that's that's the safe <laughs> side to be on. But, uh, yeah. you know, thankfully, a lot of other players on the Lakers roster who are defraying that responsibility of having to be good. Like like who Sabrina? I can't off the top of my head. I can't think of anybody on the Lakers <laughs> that would just be insanely good. Well, you know, setting aside the obvious answers, I think uh, topic of today's show is going to be whether or not the Lakers have a championship caliber backcourt. Ah, well, you have the right person on because I believe when we talked earlier this season, that is that was my biggest concern yep. is how the Lakers would sack up against the backcourts in the Western Conference. And your answer to me was, it doesn't matter. They have LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the front court, and no other team does. And I kind of brushed it off as, all right, we'll see. (laughs) And Sabrina, I I am happy to inform you I was wrong and you were correct. It seems that way, right? Through 22 games, LeBron and Anthony Davis, good enough to paper over some other weaknesses. Right. And I I saw, I see people talking about, LeBron James still has to go through the Bucks, Clippers, and Philadelphia 76ers. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm at the point of the season, and I, I my optimism could be misplaced. Mm-hmm. I could just be ignorant. But LeBron James cares this season. Yes. And he has Anthony Davis on his team. And when LeBron James has a superstar teammate and he's fully locked in, give me whatever team he plays for against any team in the NBA. So mm-hmm. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah, the way I it's see it is the Bucks have to go st- through LeBron and Anthony Davis. <laughs> right. It's a stark difference to where I was to start the season. So I've, I feel pretty good. Yeah, I also have to issue a bit of a mea culpa because I was pretty staunchly against the Avery Bradley signing. Right. I mean, that that's like a mild way of putting it. Yeah, we had a whole podcast dedicated to it. I believe I demanded to come on to your Avery Bradley preview <laughs> podcast just so I could share some thoughts 
about what I believed his role would be on this Lakers team. And I apologize, Avery. <laughs> he's He's been okay. You know, yeah. I, I think the Lakers defense actually significantly misses him now that he's been injured the last yeah. uh, what, nine, ten games. Um, apparently he's th- pretty important at the point of attack. Right. They, they've they managed without him, but particularly in that Dallas game, mm-hmm. you could kind of see where Avery could have helped them a whole bunch. So, yeah, Avery Bradley's been great. And I think Bradley's resurgence on top of Rondo's resurgence on top of Alex Caruso looking good at the two is going to create good problems for Vogel when, when Bradley does return. Yeah, I mean... I'm going to take a little bit of solace in the fact that I was right about Avery Bradley's offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, that is still a work in progress. I would rather but... him not be a 29% three-point shooter. You know, obviously, <laughs> improving those numbers can only help. But, yeah. you know, he's shooting 49% overall from the field, so that means he's shooting 59% on twos. I don't love the types of twos that he takes, but he's going to shoot 59%. Yeah. Go ahead, my man. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the two C is missing are the, the mid-range jumpers you're probably mm-hmm. talking about. Um, and because I, I was looking the other day and on shots assisted by LeBron James, I think Avery Bradley is shooting the second highest field goal percentage behind JaVale McGee, which is pretty good. Pretty good, yeah, because Javiel yeah. McGee's shots are all dunks. Yeah. <laughs> he is not part of the Los Angeles Center three-point resurgence. <laughs> no, not yet. I gotta not tell yet. you, Dwight Howard and Demarcus Cousins look like they were ready to start at Splash Brothers 2.0. <laughs> like, well, don't. I mean, never say never. never you know, say never. maybe Vogel has a change of heart halfway through the season because right now he's being no fun. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Bradley is like I'm almost willing to tolerate those terrible, gross mid-range twos because. As much as I think you should just buy into your role and play defense if that's what you're being asked to do, it makes things a little bit more pleasant when you get to shoot the ball sometimes. You know, right. I think it's just yeah. easier for everybody when you're on the basketball court if everybody gets their turn, right? So I'm mm-hmm. willing to sacrifice some ugly shots. Because again, still 59% on two is total volume if we're going to get that level of Avery Bradley defense that we have, we had for the first, you know, 10 games of the season. And I think that the Lakers have sorely missed over this last stretch yeah it, i the starting backcourt rotation I, with the exception of the point guard mm-hmm. position i think the starting backcourt i've always felt pretty confident about whether it was avery bradley and danny green or alex caruso and danny green the bench one and two spot is where i was really concerned uh, but Frank Vogel seems to have found an answer for that in in Rajon rondo and alex caruso which the former, I wasn't expecting to make an, the impact he has. Yeah, I got to say, uh, it turns out pairing everyone's least favorite Laker with everyone's favorite Laker <laughs> kind of makes a combo worth it, right? A yin and yang. Yin and yang. So, I mean, you and I, I think everybody on our circle of friends here has been very pro-Alex yeah. Caruso for a very long time. Um, you know, it's even made its way up through Bleacher Report, right, from what I understand. <laughs> Yeah, and it's the reason it's the reason NBA ratings are down right now <laughs> because NBA Bleacher Report is tweeting about Alex Caruso too much. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, as long as we've identified the problem, you know, it's important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Alex Caruso, for all of his gifts, you know, elite defender, as Frank Vogel calls him, supreme athleticism, best highlights of anyone outside of LeBron and AD on the team. 
Um, right. I mean, just, oh my God, that dunk that he had against Denver <laughs> on Danny Green's miss. Still talking about it. I mean, him, so and, him and Danny Green's I mean, dunks no one boxes are going to be in the top 10 plays of the season at the end of the year. Yeah. I just, I don't understand how he keeps surprising people. I don't, I mean, the way he looks, it probably has a big part of it. But yeah, beyond that, it's not that he doesn't look like physically capable because he's big. I would, I would give a lot to look like Alex Caruso does in a, in a basketball jersey. I look more like Nikola Jokic in a basketball jersey. And that's even being a little generous to myself. Raymond Felton, maybe? Yeah. Okay. There we go. A little mean, but hey, I'll national champion Raymond Felton. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, if you put it that way, <laughs> I I'm a big uh, Raymond Felton NBA player fan. I always thought he was a uh, underrated backup point guard. Is he the is he the latest free agent that deserves another no. another chance? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, Caruso, right? Lovely, Caruso. lovely set of gifts. Also has some deficiencies, right? I mean the. His ball handling is not what you would want from a primary ball handler. Absolutely and not. as much yeah. as we all thought that he would just grow into that role, given a certain amount of reps, it makes a lot of sense to pair him with someone like Rondo, who has no qualms about being a primary ball handler, loves right. having the ball in his hands, mm-hmm. no and matter who else was, is on the floor. That, <laughs> and that's why he looked so bad in the preseason, mm-hmm. Alex Caruso. Is, Vogel had him playing up that backup point guard spot. And everybody was surprised that he didn't look good, myself included. Uh, But it turns out that's just not the role he plays. As a secondary playmaker, though, which is why he, like, people were hoping that Vogel would start him alongside LeBron James. Mm -hmm. He looks great. Uh, But having Rondo as that primary playmaker in the second unit instead uh, has worked out for, for the Lakers and Vogel so far. And I think somebody tweeted it out, and I wrote it earlier their net rating together is like a plus 13.9 yeah i think uh uh, i think laker film room tweeted it out earlier it's like a plus plus 12.8 plus 12.8 with rondo and caruso in 120 minutes together not like the biggest sample size but (laughs) it's something (laughs) right any lineup you put rondo in last year in any sample size wasn't going to be great so i mean i like i like what i've seen from rondo to start this season rondo had a negative rating with lebron last year which, Which is so hard. How do you have a negative rating <laughs> with LeBron James? I mean, the thesis of our team this year was everybody looks good next to LeBron James. Right. And somehow Rondo made it not happen last year, but it's working right now. I mean, the, the Rondo-AD connection that we hoped would carry over from New Orleans, still working. Right. Yeah, you know, We know Anthony Davis doesn't like to be the primary initiator on offense either. And, of course, Rondo has found his favorite corner three-point shooter in Dwight Howard. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Write the Lakers in as your NBA champions. It's funny, though, because, like, every player I go down on the roster, like, other than Rondo, I think, oh, yeah, he just benefits from playing next to LeBron James. So it's nice that we have the one guy who can man those non-LeBron minutes because they exist, you know. There should be about 14 of them per game, I think, during the Mm -hmm. regular season. It is, uh, again... I'm at a loss for words because I keep looking at these these Rondo numbers <laughs> and he's like Jacob and I were talking yesterday. He's in the hundredth percentile on unguarded catch and shoot yes. three pointers and is making is averaging two point five <laughs> points per one hundred possessions on those shots. 
which is nuts. Yeah. He's he is making three point shots at a ridiculously high rate. I don't I don't even want to say it's like going back in a time machine because <laughs> he's never done he's that. He's in the future right now. <laughs> yeah. He's never done that. You're right. He's in the future. He's, he's received like some sort of upgrade and just yeah. come back into this universe. <laughs> whatever. I, I joke that um, whatever machine Dwight Howard or software upgrade he got in, in the games he missed with Washington, Rondo got at the beginning of the season when he missed games. Mm-hmm. He went to wherever it was, wherever Kobe goes, Germany, Germany yes. to get his treatment. I uh, drank from the fountain of youth, and here he is now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, everyone always said what a good teammate Rondo was, right? So I guess he he took one for the team, sacrificed part <laughs> of his soul. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's there's like been way fewer moments where I see him just holding on to the ball for too long or assist hunting or just refusing to take a wide-open three-pointer because, again, like two and a half points per shot attempt yeah. on those wide-open jumpers. It's insane. Absolutely crazy. Insane. Yeah. He he does look good. Like, I think last, uh, the game against the Jazz on Wednesday was a perfect example of Rondo not doing too much. And as a result, posting, like, I think it was 14 points, 12 assists, 9 rebounds, and 2 steals. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good by most standards. I believe that is the literal definition of like messed around and got a triple double, but not <laughs> yeah. quite getting the triple double. Nearly. Tunnel. Nearly. What's crazy though is that LeBron James ended the night with double digit assists too. So when the ball's moving like that and it's all within the offense, again, it was against the Utah Jazz. But the Utah Jazz Mike are Conley. supposed to be a good defensive team. Yeah, right. Supposed to be. <laughs> Mike Conley did not play, mm-hmm. and but when they when they played with Mike Conley earlier, Bogey wasn't playing. That's probably the excuse you're going to hear <laughs> from Jazz fans until they play again. Yo. Is that we haven't we haven't played the Lakers fully healthy yet? It's like okay, that's fine. Demarcus Cousins technically wasn't healthy <laughs> for either of those games, buddy. Let's calm down. Yeah, I mean. Rudy Gobert was available for both those games. I mean, was he? I don't. I didn't see him anywhere. <laughs> I gotta tell you, it's pretty clear who the defensive player of the year should be, and not the two-time defending <laughs> defensive player of the year. Yeah, Anthony Davis shot eighty-one point eight percent from the field. Uh, so I don't know where Rudy Gobert was. Yeah, I, right. I did not you're see right. him. Maybe he was not there. Maybe that was Tony Bradley <laughs> <laughs> in a number twenty-seven jersey. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and Dwight shot three for three. So. Not a not the best look for your two-time defensive player of the year. Yeah, even Kuzma um, was showing more defensive worth. A little block party at the end of the game. Yeah, right. The the Jazz commentators had the audacity to c- complain about LeBron James with his shoes off oh and him being on the court while Kuzma had back-to-back blocks <laughs> at the rim. Like that's what you should be talking about. Which credit to Kuzma, like even in spite of how poorly he shot. I think he ended the game with the second highest box plus minus last night. He doesn't care for that stuff. Or no, sorry, tied for the team high with uh, Rondo. Mm. He said he doesn't care for that stuff, which, you know, whatever. But uh, and m- most of his three-pointers came on heaves. Oh, my gosh. Kyle yeah. Kuzma is the king of heaves. <laughs> yeah. He's always shoot the heave. Yeah. Is what Kuzma is talking about. Yeah. Rondo was just like a beat late on getting him the ball at the end of the third quarter. Um, but even then, Kuz was ready to fly. Because uh, we know Rondo's not shooting. Then. <laughs> Rondo, I don't know why. He flat out refuses to take those shots. He cannot affect his field goal percentage. 
We love the heaves. We love the heaves. Love the heaves. But yeah, I, I am impressed that Kuzma has managed to be a valuable defensive player, even though his offense is kind of all over the place. Yeah, it's it hasn't been his his three point shooting has started to level out, I think, even in spite of the sicknesses and I mean it, what was it? Three, four games ago where he hit those back to back clutch three pointers and I absolutely just lost my mind was and messaged Anthony as soon as I could. Yeah. yeah. It's great. I think he was That's just trying to show out against Ingram and Josh Hart. It's hard to say if they're yeah. actually still friends. Yeah, I I don't know what's going on between them because they don't. Ingram is the only one that follows Kuzma still. Not even Lonzo. No, Lonzo doesn't follow Kuzma. They don't follow each other. That's a bummer. Um, Josh Hart and Kyle Kuzma were going at it on Instagram after the game, so they might still be on good terms. But Mm. yeah, I don't know what happened with Lonzo because they usually post uh, for each other's birthdays and everything too, and they didn't this year. So. Oh, it kind of bums me out. Strange. Yeah, they were really close friends last year. Yeah, I, I always think about that one scene of Lonzo from the shop when they were talking about Magic Johnson's resignation. And he's like, yeah, you know, I heard about it. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like, you know, yo, Kuz, where are we going tonight? <laughs> well, turns out Magic Johnson getting fired uh, didn't work in their favor after <laughs> all. Yeah. Well, I guess we should discuss the rest of the Lakers championship caliber backcourt. Um, your good buddy, Danny Green. Yeah, my good friend. I'm going to be like those weirdos on Twitter that, like, after one interview with an NBA player, it's just like, my guy, Danny Green. Like, and But just in case you guys in haven't tweet. listened to Christian's interview with Danny Green on this Liver Screen Roll podcast yesterday, you should check it out. It's very I well did. done. I interviewed him, which I don't know why they let me do that. I am not at all qualified. I only have a podcast. <laughs> you get, you, anybody has, if you can afford a Blue Getty microphone or, <laughs> One of their lower models, that was kind of a flex. Yes, I do have one of their higher-end USB microphones. Anyway, uh, you can start a podcast, and perhaps one day you can interview Danny Green. Uh, But in all seriousness, he was was really nice, gave really thoughtful answers, and uh, put up with me stuttering over a few words. Was an absolute pro, so thank you, Danny Green. And he's been pretty... He has been pretty good this season. I think... His shooting isn't exactly what the Lakers need it to be on mm-hmm. most nights. But statistically speaking, if for no other reason than the fact that he went supernova in the first game, uh, he's still one of the better three-point shooters on the team. Yeah, he hit that game-tying three-pointer against the Mavericks, too. So, yeah, you know. Gets a pass for the rest of the season. Yep, um, I'm here for it. <laughs> and the good thing is, like, we're winning games without Danny Green playing very well. So mm-hmm. presumably those percentages will normalize and then we'll just be, you know, demolishing good teams, actually, when we actually get to play them, right? I think that's <laughs> Whenever how that day comes. Yeah, eventually the Lakers will have to play waiting. good teams from what I understand. <laughs> Maybe there are no good teams in the league. Yeah, they're, every team the Lakers have lost to are the only good teams in the NBA. Yeah. So it's the Dallas Mavericks and Clippers, which... In their defense, are they're teams. actually good teams. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing we did beat Dallas that one time. <laughs> yeah, or else what would we have? But, again, from what I've read on the internet, um, Dallas was not a good team at the time. They are now. Correct. They are now a good team. <laughs> Glad we got that all cleared up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so silly. What do we think about uh, KCP in the starting lineup? Have you uh, enjoyed the KCP experience? I think any guard that can play defense and knock down three-pointers is going to look good 
in a starting lineup with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Hey, we're on board. But, right. That being said, when KCP was inserted into the starting lineup, he didn't really do either. Oh, he played defense. He played defense, yeah. Let's give he's, him credit he's, for that. He's been yeah. one of the better defenders on the team mm-hmm. since he's got here. Uh, what is it, three years ago now? We're three years into the KCP Contavious experience? Caldwell Pope is the longest tenured Laker. <laughs> I mean, I guess Kyle uh, Kuzma also, but... You know, I like right. that stat better when you say it that way. You know, I like yeah, I like knowing that KCP is the new Kobe. Just twenty years with the Lakers. <laughs> I Kevin's. wrote a story about how I missed the kids at the start of the off season, right? Like how I felt a little hole in my heart the day after the draft. Right. And and I, in it, I mentioned that you know Kyle Kuzma is the only player remaining, like like the longest tenured Laker. And somebody got in my mentions like. The fact that you're disrespecting KCP, he's been here longer. <laughs> like this is the reason why he doesn't perform as well as Laker fans want him to, because we, you know, don't recognize his contributions <laughs> to the team. I was like, dude, I love KCP. <laughs> yeah, KCP. Uh, I if I had a, I could probably guess which account came at you <laughs> with that energy, but uh, I cannot. I have no facts to support <laughs> the fact that KCP has a burner, but. Um, you can make a compelling argument in court that would probably hold up. Uh, but yeah, KCP on this season is shooting 39.1% from three, which is, they're not Rondo numbers, to be clear. No. But uh, it's it's very good. He's turned things around pretty quickly for, for how he started. I would like the volume of threes to go up. But other than that, yeah, that percentage is real nice. Yeah, I, I like... I like it when KCP doesn't dribble the ball mm-hmm. and just shoots. It's an incredibly hard skill to have. But Danny Green perfected it because <laughs> um, Danny Green, for for as much flack as we give KCP for dribbling the ball, seeing Danny Green <laughs> dribble the ball at any point of his career has always been an, an terrifying. Adventure. It is terrifying. So. Homeboy almost gave away Game Six of the NBA Finals because he cannot <laughs> dribble the ball. Well, but he's a very nice man, yes. as I've mentioned before. A good interview. <laughs> a great interview and a lights-out three-point shooter. So, um, And honestly, between Rondo, Caruso, Bradley, and KCP, I feel like I said KCP twice, no, but no, you, said, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah uh, between those four dudes, I think that's your guard rotation in a, a championship series. Quinn Cook and Troy Daniels right now, once Avery Bradley returns, are on the outside looking in of that guard rotation. Yeah, I would agree. I think once Bradley comes back, you put him back into the starting lineup, and then KCP resumes those backup three minutes that Daniels is currently occupying. Mm. I've been pleased with Daniels. I don't think he's shooting as well as any of us would have hoped because that's kind of like the one skill he had coming into Mm -hmm. the season. But he tries really hard on defense. Yeah, I don't he looks think, like he's trying really yeah, hard. Yeah, he on does defense. look like he's trying yeah. really hard. I don't know that it always works out, you know. Like uh, I don't, he's just not generally a very good defender, uh, and part of that's just his physical tools. You know, he's he's a little undersized to be playing the three, even when you've got Alex Caruso and like Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard around you. It's still a tricky thing for him to be asked to defend wings, but he works hard, and I'm yeah. willing to give him that. I, yeah. He just he can't shoot thirty three percent from three and expect to retain minutes on this roster. Like that's just not going to happen. He's yeah, been better than that, Quinn Cook, but that's all I can say for him. Yeah, and which I was really high on that Quinn Cook signing. I know I, I mean obviously you were high on the Quinn Cook signing. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can't but imagine I know, why, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I know Warriors fans were telling me the the few actual Warriors fans that I know, mm-hmm. not the ones that switched over when they started being good, the former Lakers fans, mm-hmm. as I like to call them. Um, they were telling me to proceed with caution with Quinn Cook because he does one thing pretty well, but beyond that, he doesn't do much else. And I think Lakers fans have learned that this season because even even three-point shooting, he hasn't done it at a particularly high level. Although, if you look... <laughs> At the advanced stats, if you consider defensive rating an advanced stat, um, <laughs> he's like top three on the team in defensive rating. It doesn't which make makes any no sense. sense. Yeah, I. Yeah. Quinn Cook is going to be one of those guys who sticks around in the league for years beyond his expiration date, just because people <laughs> love him. Right. Like the amount of guys who consider Quinn Cook one of their best friends in the league is staggering. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, Etwan Moore has a similar vibe going on in New Orleans. <laughs> But I don't even think Quinn Cook is each one more level good. Yeah. But, I mean, it's kind it's, of the same thing with his bad. lineups, right? He just always, like, slots in around the best guys on the team. And I'm not buying it. I don't think he's been good for the Lakers at all this year. Uh, I will not be able to forgive him for that opening night loss against the Clippers for some time. <laughs> uh, please give Troy Daniels all of those minutes. But, yeah, he's... Or Caruso. Yeah. Caruso was on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing that... The Clippers fans will always talk about... Oh, we were missing Paul good, George. Good, yeah, leading up to December 25th, we'll have Paul George this time. And my counter will always be, we'll have Alex Caruso this time. Forget Kyle Kuzma and the fact that he and was Rajon injured. And Rajon Rondo. And Rondo. Yeah. That's an entirely Alex new Caruso, backcourt. Right. And a, a very good backcourt <laughs> at that. I am so excited before uh, i mean it's kind of on the uh, uh, on topic yeah we only have two more podcasts before christmas this is fine yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh but when you look at matchups in the western conference the main one is the clippers and their bench backcourt is pretty good Mm -hmm. uh especially when landry shamick gets back although i think he should be back for christmas okay because he's traveling for this upcoming road trip and he said he wouldn't be traveling if he didn't plan on playing so is he a starter I don't think he'll be starting. Mm. Well, I mean, what, what I'm saying is when when they face off against the Clippers, mm-hmm. you're obviously going against Lou Williams and whoever they slot next to Lou Williams off the bench. I'm so excited to see because Lou Williams is, is has been as remarkable as he's ever been this it's season. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. He cannot miss a shot. He either makes a shot or gets fouled, goes to the free throw line and makes free throws. Those are, those are his only two modes. <laughs> to see whether or not Crusoe, and I'll throw Rondo in there just because. Crusoe, Rondo, any of those dudes being able to stop him is going to be huge for the Lakers. <laughs> and I cannot stress that enough because you can live with Patrick Beverly creating his own offense, whatever, whatever what have you. But Lou Williams is the guy yeah. you really have to be worried about mm-hmm. in that backcourt. Yeah, I, I do wonder. Uh, I mean, this is not a Clippers podcast, but I, I wonder if they'll end up starting Shamit by Christmas time or not. I think ultimately that'll end up being mm-hmm. their best lineup in the playoffs if they start Shamit next to PG and Kawhi. But yeah, uh, yeah, the combination of Kuzma, Caruso, and Rondo, I think that adds up to Paul George. I think it does. <laughs> I hope so. It has to because yeah. Paul George is <laughs> lost the first game. So. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only team, in my opinion, they have they have to be better than. I think the combination to beat the Lakers 
is to have a competent back or sorry, an elite mm-hmm. backcourt and competent defensive forwards. But I mean, you look around the league. I think I thought Denver and Utah were the two teams that could put up a fight against the Lakers, and they they just didn't. Remember, Denver and Utah are bad, Christian. <laughs> They're not good teams. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I got to get it in my head. <laughs> I, maybe if I repeat it to myself, then I don't remember. But uh, no, seriously, like you look at the teams that are big up front, mm-hmm. if nothing else, like Denver with Jokic, Millsap. Um, Wancho doesn't get much PT anymore. Loki Grant has been pretty bad this season. Yeah. The, but the oh god, the <laughs> fact that the the biggest teams in the Western Conference haven't been able to slow down the Lakers is probably a a great sign. I am all for fast forwarding to a Western Conference Finals seven games at Staples Center, or just playoffs. Yeah. Because even that, it, as well as it ended for the Lakers, that game was fun. Yeah. Like seeing them go neck and neck for, I think it ended up being like three good quarters, and then the Lakers kind of pulled away in the fourth. Um, Wait, what are we talking about? The Denver game? Oh, the Denver game. I thought we were talking about the Clipper yeah. game. I was like, oh, we did no. not pull away no. in the fourth. No. Not the Utah game. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just excited. This is where the conversation about shortening the season gets me. Just like, I'm so tired. Of regular season basketball. Fast forward. I Forget the be, in-season tournament. I would be all for just starting the season at Christmas and then just like prorating the number of games <laughs> through then. Because nobody yeah. cares about the NBA until Christmas. Like, nope. this is still... You, you've got baseball through October, right? Football can carry November. You know, maybe like let people care about... I don't know. Are those college sports? I, I don't know. <laughs> A little yeah, break, I, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I tried watching college basketball on Thanksgiving, and I turned the TV off. It's really bad. As someone Indeed. who roots for a good college team, it's still <laughs> unwatchable. Yeah. I don't understand. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a story sense. for another day. The point is <laughs> that there are too many regular season games, <laughs> and that I would too just like to see games. a lot more Lakers Clippers just over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I'm. That that Christmas Day matchup is going to be great. I hope I hope my suspicion that that the Lakers have enough defense in the backcourt to keep Lou Williams just Lou Williams check. honest. Yeah. What what a sentence. <laughs> I hope the Lakers have enough defense in their entire backcourt to handle Lou Williams, one person who is a generous six feet tall. <laughs> See, I know when the Lakers played the Clippers at the end of the regular season last year, they shut down Lou Williams. But I can't remember if that was Jamario Jones or if that was Alex Caruso. And I right. hope in my heart of hearts that it was more Caruso because we don't have Jamario Jones anymore. Well, I mean, he is a free agent. We can't sign him. Or he might be a, he's a, he might he's be a two-way. He's on the Milwaukee and we can't sign G League him. Yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. I hope you're doing well, Jamario. Yeah. If you're listening, if you if you sometimes miss, assuming you read the work at Silver Screen and Roll, if you miss us, we're always here for you, buddy. Hop on the show. We love you, Jamario. Talk, yeah, <laughs> talk about your what was it? Twelve games with the Lakers. What did he call like his butterflies? He called them like something bubbles. Oh, I have no idea. It was but that adorable. Right. Mm-hmm. He was such a good quote. Oh, man. Just so happy Just to be around. And, like, just a, a great personality. 
this uh, second half of this podcast is going to be dedicated <laughs> to Jamario Jones. You know, that would make a championship caliber backcourt if we had Jamario Jones locking dudes up. He plays, I don't know, I guess. He plays every position. He can guard one through four, I think. I believe so. And he rebounds just everything. And Washington waved him. Oh, my God. The audacity. Washington is giving, like, Ish Smith minutes again in his 11th <laughs> NBA team. Like, no no Sorry disrespect team. to Ish Smith. I genuinely like Ish Smith. Ran into him at the airport yeah. once, had a nice conversation with him at baggage claim. <laughs> 11 teams. I think that means yeah. time to go. Yeah. I think uh, that means you're off to Australia or whatever <laughs> people consider the second best. Maybe he can go play with Lamelo Ball. League. They're looking to import more talent, you know, to help out the Illawarra Hawks. Well, they did. Mm-hmm. Um, they did import somebody earlier today. Uh, and because I also do some <laughs> writing at Lonzo Wire, an actual site, uh, he, yeah, they s- signed Darrington Hobson. And the most recent picture we could find on him <laughs> on the site was when Adidas still had sleeved jerseys <laughs> in the G League. So it's been a little while. Best of luck, Darrington LaMelo Ball. Hobson. I, that name means nothing. I to don't me. even know that name. Yeah. Was he like a standout college player or? I doubt it if uh, if he's I, – I really don't – I don't care to look it up. <laughs> I just know – I know uh, they signed him. I remember there no, was a guy named Scotty Hobson. I think I'm thinking of that correctly. I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was the 37th pick in the 2010 NBA draft. 2010? Yeah. It's been a minute. Played for the University of New Mexico, hmm. which he's probably the last – unless I'm blanking – the last person to be drafted out of the University of New Mexico. I think Siakam is from New Mexico State. Mm. Am I remembering that correctly? This this feels like something we could just look up because Pascal's a big enough <laughs> name. Might want to know. Siakam. Uh, you're not going to tell me where he went to school. Yeah, New Mexico State. New Mexico the State, Aggies. yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is the uni- U- University of New Mexico Lobos. Okay, yeah. So you might be right that he is the last player to be drafted from that illustrious institution it's been a minute <laughs> so best of luck Lamelo ball hopefully uh you and darrington become best buds <laughs> yeah and uh because that team is really bad <clears throat> he's good i think he's i i said he's like d'angelo russell at point one point five speed uh and i stand by that i think he'll be just fine i think he'll be a lot better than lonzo because boy lonzo <sighs> is having a rough go at it in new orleans yeah poor kid not even Brandon friends Ingram with Kuzma great, anymore. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon Ingram looks great, though. He's going to get paid, if for no other reason the fact that he's putting up, like, 30 points on a really bad team. He also hit 11 of 11 free throws against the Lakers, so go forth, young man. It's the rims at Staples Center, I tell it you. must be. <laughs> they don't seem to affect Lou Williams. <laughs> no, not a... Uh, we're talking about the Lakers Staples yes, Center, that's though, correct. not the Clippers Staples Center. Staples Center. <laughs> I was talking to Jacob about home court advantage yesterday and how important it's going to be against the Clippers. And then I realized what a stupid sentence <laughs> that was. And I stopped midway through it. No, what's pretty cool about that series is that they'd all get to sleep in their own beds. Yeah. They'd all get to use their own lockers because they don't use the opposing locker room when they play each other. Which, by the way, I think they should. I think you got to really just lean into the fact that they're a road <laughs> team and like make the Lakers use the shitty Staples Center opposing locker room. Because uh, their locker room, like the difference between that one and the opposing locker room is, it's like they don't even belong in the same building, frankly. 
That's so funny. Yeah. But, I mean, the good news is that every game will be a Lakers home game. That is correct. Because even when uh, they played the Raptors, there were so many Raptors fans in the building. I don't know if it was just the broadcast. No, no. There were so many Raptors fans like in the it. building. Yeah. And the Celtics game, too. Yep. The Celtics game, a there were quite a few fans. A lot of Celtics fans. Yeah. A lot of green there. <sighs> maybe one day. Maybe in Inglewood. In the very far future, the Clippers will have their own fans. Yeah, I, I do apologize for uh, bringing so much Clipper content to this broadcast. <laughs> it's okay. None of it has been particularly positive. <laughs> I talked about the Clippers in a positive light one time, and I got a very strongly worded email from somebody telling me uh, that he doesn't understand why the national media, which apparently <laughs> includes me, it does the national include media, you. Christian Rebus, blogger for Silver Screen and Roll. Interviewer uh, of Danny Green. <laughs> exactly. And that, I guess that's what makes me national media. Anyway, uh, why me, Adrian Wojnarowski, and Ramona Shul- Shelburne <laughs> are just mouthpieces for the Clippers. And I am honored to be even in the same breath as those people. So. Oh, man. Mouthpieces for the Clippers. I think we got to add that to your resume, Christian. I, you should. Maybe just to your Twitter bio, you know, co-host just of Can You Dig It, mouthpiece of the Clippers. Yeah. <laughs> constantly being asked how much Steve Ballmer is paying me. Oh, yes. <laughs> His pockets are deep, though. If you wanted, it doesn't take much <laughs> to buy to buy me. I mean, compared to compared to what I'm making now, I mean, I'm sure Steve Ballmer can make it worth Might my while. Might be a while. worthy investment, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, nominally, we were discussing the Lakers' backcourt, correct? At one At point of this point podcast, we yes. So, All right. So, my question, yeah. my question for you is: we we talked about. We're talking about this team as if mm-hmm. it is a championship caliber backcourt. Mm-hmm. My question is, is it actually a championship caliber backcourt? I still think one wing defender short of being a championship caliber backcourt. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, nice. I don't think that player exists. And frankly, if LeBron James is going to be playing defense at this caliber for the entire season, mm-hmm. maybe they don't need another wing defender. Well... Yes and no, mm-hmm. because I, I was thinking about, we were talking about it, we were doing a little uh, brainstorm in the Slack about what the closing lineup is, and ideally you have Anthony Davis at center with, let's just say, Alex Caruso, Danny Green, LeBron James, Kyle either Kuzma. at the three or four, and then you have that one other spot, and ideally it would be Kyle Kuzma, but right now it's not looking like it. So if you can pick up I don't. Jake I'm gonna say his name. Okay, we're not yeah. gonna say Let's his say name. Let's say Drake Crowder. I'm not gonna <laughs> not mention not Jake Crowder's current teammate. <laughs> but yeah, Jake Crowder would be nice. Um, oh God, the list gets pretty bleak. It's after not that. a long list. I mean, I have I have my free agents li- free agents list that I've had on my stickies since July, <laughs> and it's like Quincy Pondexter, Jody Meeks. <laughs> That's it. Even. Even buyout guys, it's like you're looking at realistically Solomon Hill. Uh, Another Memphis Grizzly. Yeah. <laughs> let them all go, Memphis. Yeah, Solomon Hill, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist. You think he could be a buyout guy? Yeah. Does he not play for Charlotte? Evan, he still he plays technically. He's under contract for Charlotte, okay. and he plays sometimes. Gotcha. I don't even and know if then, he's a wing defender anymore. I think he's like a big. I, yeah, I don't know what he plays. Yeah. I just know he will probably get bought out. And he can play defense. Um, 
And he can play defense mm-hmm. in theory. His wingspan is huge. And then um, if Atlanta continues the pace they're at, maybe Evan Turner sneaks away. Ew, no. Yeah, <laughs> but that is if, – if shooting's a problem with Kyle Kuzma and the reason he's not on the court, <laughs> then Evan Turner certainly won't be not in that closing Not the answer. Lineup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it so. really is slim pickings. I thought you were going to say Vince Carter, to be perfectly honest, when you said Atlanta. Oh. Vince Carter's an elite three-point shooter. That's <laughs> not a joke. Vince Carter can shoot the hell out of the ball. Who would be the best dunker on the team if Vince Carter joined? If Put it this way. If Alex Caruso was in that dunk contest with Vince Carter, <laughs> would we even know who Vince Carter is? Alex That's Caruso was saying. asked, actually, if he'd ever consider joining the dunk contest. And he's like, you know, that 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 that's for the one percent of guys, like the Levines and Gordons of the world. Like, okay. <laughs> that's probably the right answer. Probably, I'm, yeah, because there's a difference between being a good in-game dunker mm-hmm. and being like a good flashy. And that dunker. line is Rudy Gay. Yeah, that's the line. Aaron Gordon got robbed. I'll never get over that dunk <laughs> contest. That was one of the top three greatest dunks in NBA history. The the, he got the pommel one, right? Exactly. I mean, really, every dunk he did. Just but wonderful marketing for hoverboards, you know. <laughs> excellent introduction to stuff. The magic mascot, you know, con but not forgotten. Well, Zach Levine's punishment for robbing him is playing under Jim <laughs> Boylan. <laughs> it's a good thing he has those two trophies that he can think about yeah. when he's not listening to Jim Boylan during huddles. <laughs> yeah. So that the the point is, it would be nice <laughs> if the Lakers could make a move to strengthen that backcourt. I think if you had to make a move, it would probably be moving Quinn Cook and KCP. if you had to, Contavious Caldwell Pope for something of value. Right, but again, KCP has no is. trade, so. Right, and I think he's pretty happy right yeah, now. Yeah, it's not like, like last season when he wasn't getting minutes. He's yeah. a integral part of this rotation. He is part of the Clutch family. Mm-hmm. And Vogel really likes Vogel him. Vogel really likes so. him. He should like him. He's been good. Yeah. I mean, it may not be a championship caliber backward, but it is certainly feels much more like one than we thought 22 games ago. Yeah, and it feels like above all else, it just feels like a championship team. Like LeBron James, whatever – the Lakers are lacking in the backcourt. They make up with LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the front. Hey, court. we're yeah. all on the same I said page it. now. All right. <laughs> it's uh, I, I didn't believe it at first. And to be fair, we haven't seen. <sighs> I'm trying to think of a team. It's going to be a much easier statement to make after, you know, playing Milwaukee or yeah. Clippers again or. Or the. Trailblazers to a lesser extent with with Damian CJ, but you look at their front court, <laughs> and it's Carmelo Anthony, Rodney Hood, and Mario Hazonia. It's the worst positional talent of any group in the NBA. Yeah, it's it's so bad. I feel, but at least Melo's getting his, and that's NBA Western Conference Player of the Month, Carmelo Anthony. Week, to week. Let's be you. clear. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Giving him a little more credit than. Yeah. Uh, he probably deserves, which, to be fair, is what the NBA did, too. But Hey, you know, they're trying to help their ratings, and if they think <laughs> people want to watch Carmelo Anthony, so be it. I, not Alex Caruso, though. Not. Anybody but Alex Caruso helps the NBA's <laughs> ratings, as we all know. Because it's not like the Lakers' ratings are up this year. No. They are. No. Nope. <laughs> for those wondering. <laughs> 
<laughs> all right well on that note thanks for listening to this week's episode of isle of basketball uh make sure to subscribe to the silver screen roll podcast we have laker shows every day of the week thanks christian for coming on and yep. have a nice weekend everyone